We want to change that paradigm where a veteran feels that nothing good is going to come out of the fact that I'm here in criminal court. And I would venture to say that it's unfortunate that you are there in, in criminal court. However, there's something we can do about that to assist you where you don't have to return back to the justice system in the future. We're going to do all we can to help you in this journey. listening to the Justice for Vets podcast when thank you is not enough. Hosted by retired Major General Butch Tate. This podcast is made possible with funding from the Bureau of Justice Assistance. I want to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of the Justice for Vets podcast when thank you is not enough. Our guest today is Judge Robert Russell. Buffalo, New York, Erie County, New York, judge on the bench for nearly 30 years and I, I've seen uh, he recently retired but he had nearly 30 years on the bench and I, I've seen all sorts of efforts to introduce Judge Russell and to do it well I've heard the this man needs no introduction which to me is just somebody's way of staying saying uh, I forgot I had to introduce him and that's the best I got or I've also heard introductions to start with well when Judge Russell was a young man in grade school um, we're not going to do either of those today. I, I just want to put it this way. Th- this is a man who embraced veterans treatment courts before they were cool. Fifteen years ago, he had the moral courage to, to kind of raise his hand and say, hey, we're, we're going to do this and there must be a better way to address the health care needs of our justice involved veterans, the veterans that come before Judge Russell in court. And I've always believed that it takes the moral courage of a judge to get this process not just started but sustained. And and today we're just honored to have the man that that made it all happen for us so that 15 years later we do our best every day to fulfill his vision of what these courts ought to be doing on behalf of our nation's veterans. So Judge Russell, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to have you and always a pleasure to be with you. All right, thank you. And it's an honor to be here with you, General. What a great joy. We'll see how you feel in a few minutes, Judge, <laughs> but I still hope you'll have that same perception and enthusiasm for what we're doing. But Well, well the fact that you lay, left off my grade school antics, I, I'm very much pleased. <laughs> Nothing could go south now. Very good, very good. Well, Judge, let's just, let's just, let's just start where we ought to start, and, and that is this. You're, you're on the bench. You It's, it's 2008. You're running a, a mental health court, so to speak. That's your mental health docket. And you just decide that there's got to be a better way. So my question to you is, what was the trigger that, that started you down this path that we have also willingly followed to implement Veterans Treatment Courts? What was that trigger, Judge? Well, interestingly enough, it was actually working with a veteran on my mental health docket. And that docket was to work with individuals coming through our uh, criminal justice system that are dealing with uh, significant mental health issues. This was a Vietnam veteran. And I should, as an aside, just say I started seeing coming through our court system uh, men and women who had recently served in Afghanistan and Iraq. So this particular individual wasn't really doing that well in his uh, community mental health uh, counselor or providers. 
he came in this court this particular day. Uh, his posture was slumped. His his clothing was a little bit disheveled, and he would not make eye contact with me. When I asked him how he was doing, he just kind of gave a guttural sound or a noise. Well, in the courtroom, my project director at that time, uh, Hank Porowski, he was a, a Marine, Vietnam veteran, and also in the courtroom was a guy by the name of Jack O'Connor, uh, Army veteran, served in the 82nd Airborne, also a Vietnam veteran. I asked them, too, if they would go out in the hallway and speak to this gentleman. Well, 20 minutes later, this gentleman returned, standing in front of me, standing erect at parade rest, making eye contact with me, saying that he's going to try harder. Asked both Hank and Jack, stay up to court, let's talk about this. And from that, I, I thought that there was a better way that we can work to provide a more culturally appropriate uh, approach to assisting our men and women who served in the military to provide the best opportunity of success for them having stability in their health care. Well, Judge, let me ask you, you're, you're the man. You're in that courtroom. You're up on that bench. You got the black robe on. You got a countless number of defendants being brought before you. It wouldn't have been just as easy just to, to write him off and, and figure that, uh, whatever, we'll get we'll get to this eventually. We'll figure it out. What I mean, what what caused you that day to go, you know, I just there's just gotta be something different here that we can do. Well, the whole desire and the team that was assembled for my mental health court calendar, our whole uh, purpose, our, our mission is to do all we can to assist an individual in uh, stability in their life. And if we're not doing it, then we need to rethink our approach. And that's what it was with respect to the veteran population, rethinking our approach. What was the, um, this is a question I've never asked you. Uh, you know, lawyers are kind of trained to not ask a question they don't know the answer to, but I'm going to give it a shot. And that is, how did your decision resonate with the other judges around you, with your bosses who go, the uh, last thing we need is a lot of great ideas there, Judge Russell. How about you just do what we pay you to do? What was the reaction to your to your efforts to make a change? Well, and there's probably a good reason you never asked that question because <laughs> I, and the team that I, I, I had assembled, um, one, I had went to the um, to the VA, the Veterans Administration. And I had indicated to our local uh, Veterans Administration that we were thinking about uh, having a day on my calendar for just veterans, those who have served in the military, National Guard, or Reserve. And I didn't know whether it would be a good idea or not. And I posed that to the VA. And it was interesting because when I initially posted, it was in front of our local VA hospital advisory board that was comprised of veterans who were active in the VA hospital or veterans that were active in veteran service organizations. And interestingly enough, when I posed that question around the room, these veterans were raising their hands. 
And I'm a little skeptical because I didn't know whether they were going to ask me a bunch of questions about what this court would look like because I didn't have the answer at that time. And I asked, went around the room and asked, yes, uh, what question you might have. They said, Judge, if you're serious, I want to volunteer. I said, excuse me? And around the room, every veteran sitting there said they would like to volunteer if you were sincerely going to have a court to address veterans' health care issues related to dependency on substances, mental health issues, uh, with regards to traumatic brain injury, military sexual trauma, whatever the issues are, we want to help and volunteer. And from that point, I then said, fine, let's meet monthly. And we did. We met monthly for over a year. I asked the VA, would they help us? The VA said they would. And matter of fact, they also agreed to have a staff come to our court on Veterans Treatment Court Day to assist veterans one-on-one with linkages to services and other needs that they might have. Well, what you just said to me, I think validates my thought on this whole idea that, that none of this happens without the moral courage of a judge who raises his or her hand to say, we're going to do this and we'll just, as they sometimes say, we'll, we'll build this plane in flight. And I'll tell you, on behalf of thousands of veterans who have been a beneficiary of these courts, um, a, a hearty thank you for for moving forward and, and not moving forward with perfect information because as any any soldier, any veteran will tell you, if you wait till you have all the information you'd like to have before you execute the mission, you will never get that mission done. So, Judge, I want to I switch gears here for a moment, um, not to downplay at all the, the challenges you faced as you move forward on this, but now instead to create a picture of what these courts look like for the, for the veteran who's listening to us, uh, for the especially for the justice-involved veteran, one whose behavior has got him or her crosswise with the law, and they're headed into criminal court, and the defense counsel says to them at some point, um, would you be interested in, in seeing if they'll let you into veterans' treatment court? I, I'd like you just to give that veteran who's listening today an idea of what that looks like. When you, when you as the veteran, say, yeah, I'll... I'll uh, I'll try this veterans treatment court thing. I heard Judge Russell talk about it. Um, what's it look like, Judge, when they move forward into a veterans treatment court arena? Well, uh, uh, first of all, you had indicated a word of thanks to uh, my effort. And I would like to just say uh, I don't deserve the thanks. I am grateful and thankful for the service of the men and women uh, who have served our country and for the freedom that I realize in addition to uh, the number of things that they have made the sacrifices for. So I think it's important that us in the justice system also recognize that. So what's interesting when I think about Veterans Treatment Court is an appreciation of the fact that veterans from day one have had input on what the design and what this court would look like. Now, the structure is one of a treatment court. In other words, it's not a court just for veterans. It's a court for veterans with a clinical diagnosis of need for treatment-related services. So that's first of all. If there is a clinical need for treatment-related services, then a veterans treatment court 
should be the welcoming forum to assist the veterans to address these issues. What's also neat about a veterans treatment court is that one, we tried to be culturally appropriate uh, to the veterans who have served in the military. In addition, we have a number of veterans who volunteer from the community to assist the veterans that are in the justice system to help them along the way from the beginning to when they complete the program. What's also neat is we have representatives from our Department of Veteran Affairs that are in the court to get them linked to appropriate treatment-related services. We also have uh, representatives from not only our Department of Veteran Affairs, but from the Benefit Division to assist veterans with benefits that they earn through their service. A number of our veterans don't realize that they've earned certain benefits. Matter of fact, you have the laws that continuously provide different benefits that our veterans need to be aware of. We have a representative there. In addition, we have a representative from the Department of Labor. Sometimes our veterans return home, don't know where they're going to work or what or how their military service translate, translate to civilian workforce. Well, we have the Department of Labor there to assist them. We also have representatives from the various veteran service organizations to provide additional services. In addition, we also have our uh, county uh, veteran uh, department, Department of Veteran Affairs, not only from the county, but from the state. Some of our veterans would like to have an upgrade, maybe in their discharge status. Some of our veterans would like to access certain benefits, and veteran service officers can be able to assist them. And Judge, you're you're like a air traffic controller in that sense. I mean, I've seen you in action. I've seen you in court. You, as I recall, you you are directing that traffic. You're getting all the right folks who want to help connected with that justice involved veteran who needs help. Is that does that kind of help summarize it? Yes, it is. We. It's in uh, wanting to have a veterans treatment court as a one-stop location for veterans. There's a need for housing. There's a need for food. There's a need for employment. If you would like to go back to school, college, one location, we can work and do all we can to assist that veteran in accessing those services and making it a reality for that veteran. And Judge, when you, when you mentioned a diagnosed need, you're, you're talking about, for example, PTSD, Very much. substance use disorder, uh, military sexual trauma, just as a, a few of those potential needs yes. that once diagnosed so, sort of open the door for that veteran to come into the veterans treatment court. But I, but I got to ask you the hard question here. Now, no, n- nobody wants to be in criminal court. Um, we've all watched the TV shows. It seems to me that nothing good happens in court. What I'm hearing is, you know what? Properly structured, something good can come out of this. Fair statement? Oh, without a doubt, a fair statement. Want to change that paradigm where a veteran feels that nothing good is going to come out of the fact that I'm here in criminal court. And I would venture to say that no uh, it's unfortunate that you are there in, in criminal court. However, there's something we can do about that to assist you 
where you don't have to return back to the justice system in the future. We're going to do all we can to help you in this journey. And you know where I'm going next. We're going to, we, we talked about the VJOs, the Vest, Veterans Justice Outreach employees of the VA who are in court making things happen, connecting veterans to appointments, et cetera. But you also said mentors. Am I, am I hearing you right? And I think I am that each of those justice-involved veterans in your court is going to be assigned a veteran mentor to help guide them through the process. Uh, could you just give a shout-out to those mentors and, and your clear appreciation for the role they fulfill? I am so grateful to the men and women from the community who volunteer as veteran mentors. They will work closely with our veteran participants to assist them on their journey. Matter of fact, many of our uh, volunteer uh, veteran mentors will assist veterans with housing. Sometimes uh, a veteran uh, may be eligible for housing with respects to various government programs, but it may take a time for that to kick in. Our volunteer veteran mentors will find housing. Some of them will find apartments that other veteran businesses own to at least provide temporary shelter for that veteran if they're homeless, they're couch surfing, to get them in a stable apartment home for them. In addition, our veterans might be concerned about food, shelter, our clothing, things of that sort. A volunteer veteran mentors, they're awesome, and they will make it happen and get it done. As you know, General Tate, you, you sometimes call them the secret sauce of Veterans Treatment Court. And I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Preach, as I would say there, I think. Uh, Judge, I got two more things I want to ask you to touch on. The first is uh, we can't overlook the importance of the veterans' family in addressing the the needs as we get this veteran launched on his or her journey to recovery. So your thoughts on taking care of the veteran's family, and then one final question that I'll use to wrap us up. But how about the family piece, Judge? Yeah, I tell you, the family is, is critical. Uh, and we sometimes say that the family serves in their unique way as the veteran has served. And there may be needs of the family that's going to be important to our veterans feeling of stability and that the needs are being taken care of. Uh, we utilize not only a number of various community agencies to help and assist with a number of family issues, but also the, um, the vet center is a, uh, a good resource. Uh, that the Veterans Treatment Court has linked with. And the Vet Center not only assists veterans who served in combat, but also part of what it does is also work with family on family therapy, family needs, and things of that sort, in addition to our volunteer veteran mentors. Also, family are welcome in Veterans Treatment Court. It's nice to see uh, a veteran bringing their spouse in the court or maybe their children to visit. And we would do all we can to assist not only that veteran, but that veteran family. 
Thank you, Judge. Final question, Judge. What do you want to leave folks with who are sitting there listening to you and me? They're unimpressed with me. They're falling all over themselves having listened to you about how what an opportunity this is for them. What, what's your goal out of this? What do you hope to build by being able to connect with the veteran who's listening to us today? Well, the veteran who's listening to us today, uh, one is I would ask them to inquire of their attorney, whether Veterans Treatment Court might be an option for them. In addition, I think I would like to see a Veterans Treatment Court in reach of every veteran that's in need. Lastly, I would like our justice system to be more culturally sensitized to the needs of our veterans, whether it's in criminal court, whether it's in family court, whether it's in landlord-tenant court, uh, bankruptcy court, whatever it might be, probate court, let us all be in the justice system cognizant of the needs of the veteran. And if there's something we can do to assist them in that journey, let us do that. Our guest today has been Judge Robert Russell, a man who doesn't want the credit nor the attention, but who deserves uh, thanks from all of us for moving forward with this Veterans Treatment Court movement back in 2008 and creating a path to hope, a path to wellness, and a path to success for all of those veterans who have benefited from Veterans Treatment Court. So, uh, Judge Russell, thanks for your time, thanks for your insights, and most of all, thanks for your commitment to this important advancement in the justice system. Take care and thanks. Thank you. This has been the Justice for Vets podcast, when thank you is not enough. Hosted by retired Major General Butch Tate. This podcast is made possible with funding from the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Thanks for listening.